from Melbourne and Minneapolis. This is for Christ's sake. Chapter 24. He snatched up Brower's gun and began to run. The gun seemed heavy in his hands. Hey guys, welcome to the program. Uh, I'm Hunter. I'm joined by Hugh. Uh, Hello. Huey Dubois. <laughs> and uh, this is, for Christ's sake, Scratch One, Chapter 24. Um, joined today by Blood Orange Screwdriver and a bag of salt and vinegar chips. He's got some port and... Uh, and some pretzels. Uh, Hugh, you kind of wanted to go into why exactly we chose these specific uh, uh, items. Yes, because this is the last time we'll be joined by uh, these guests. Mm. So I just wanted to honor them one last time and say that I selected the Blood Red Port as my signature drink for this series of For Christ's Sake. Mm. Because of all the bloodshed uh, that occurred, at least in the opening section of this book. And I chose as my snack bowl of hard pretzels because uh, at that point in time we hadn't yet met our protagonist and we were veering all over the place and bouncing back and forth from exotic locale exotic locale a lot of twists and turns just like a pretzel hmm whereas I chose mine because a minor character who is actually actually dead now has a car that is described as uh, blood red in the opening chapter Mm -hmm. or maybe just red I don't remember who cares and I was like, blood, blood orange, there you go. Uh, and I chose some salt and vinegar chips because of the sort of uh, acrid taste. It was kind of like the uh, salty air in uh, the Mediterranean where a lot of this, uh, you know, novel takes place, right? Mm. Now, the reason why this is the last occasion in which we'll be enjoying these uh, snacks and drinks, even though this is only the second last chapter of the book, is because mm. we have a special surprise in store to accompany us on uh, our journey through the last chapter, through the end of this book. A surprise to us as well. <laughs> yes. We know what it is. We don't know exactly what it will be like. Yeah, that's true. Um, but before we get to that exciting adventure, first we have to cross the... Uh... Rubicon. Rubicon. That is chapter 24. Oh, what happens at 23 first? Pretty simple. Car catches up to LaSalle. Uh, LaSalle gets the drop on Car. Bauer's about to kill Car. But Car kills Bauer, Brower. And then Car's like, I know where LaSalle's going. And then that's it. So, uh, this is pretty much a direct sequel to that, where Car's like, okay, now I'm going to hop in a car and head on after him. And he does so. And I just uh, want to stop you there. Oh, please. Because. I just want to... <laughs> He's such an idiot. Who? Grant? Uh, Roger Carr? Both. All of the above. 
Mm. Because so I know like he's he's running on adrenaline here and concern, but nonetheless, concern for Anne that is. Nonetheless, he's just been shot in the leg. He's bleeding, right? Mm. And then he's had a revelation about where uh, Lasalle has taken Anne, or at least where Anne can be found, right? He's like, I know where to go. And even though he's in the company of law enforcement, law enforcement who just saved his life by dispatching of Brower before he could dispatch of him, mm. he races off on his own, which is one thing, says nothing to the authorities and goes straight to where he thinks uh, Lissau is, is going, right? Mm. If he was really concerned about Anne, you'd want, you'd want to give her the best chance of surviving her encounter by saying, even if you wanted to go yourself and try and deal with it yourself first, fine, but say, I know where it is. The location is this. I'm going there now, no matter what, please come and help me. And also Carr is, is wounded. He has no martial abilities to speak of. And, and yeah, Crichton makes a point of this um, because in this chapter, which we'll get to, but I'm guess I'm jumping ahead a little bit, talks about the fact that he has no physical capabilities whatsoever. Hmm. And even when he was uh, 10 years old, he used, to penis, get, am I right? he used to get beat up by eight-year-olds or something like that, right? Isn't that what it says? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he has a gun with him in this particular case, but that's all he's got. Well, a gun does, doesn't do anything for him, I mean. Anyway, I just wanted to note that because that seemed, that seemed a particularly foolhardy move. In a book full of foolhardy moves on the part of all parties, I guess. But nonetheless... All right, uh, so he runs after her. He's like, oh, I know where, what that means. Um, he decides that he, he, be, he be meant uh, Perini's villa. I didn't really, I was kind of confused about LaSalle's logic here. <laughs> I was confused about Carl's logic. <laughs> that too. <laughs> about why it would definitely be the villa. Why? Just because it has some connection to the associates, but so does any number of locations. Yeah, but Wasau's never been there in the text of the novel. And, and, another point, the police raided Lissau's compound after mm. Carr escaped, right? That's true. And they'd all fled. So they know that Carr has, like, been talking to the authorities. They know that they can't go back to old locales. They know well, that... Well, Sal is clearly a confident man, so... But they also know that um, Carr would have told the police about the villa as well mm. and the links that has to the associates and Pirani himself, who got murdered. So you would not think that Lissau would go back to that particular villa, as confident as he is. Yeah. Maybe he's not as intelligent as he appears to be. But even that aside, even if, if he did decide to do that, I don't know why Carr would be so certain of the fact. Yeah. Or why that, why, why his, fate, his phrase would tip him off about that, you know what I mean? Yeah. That doesn't matter. So, uh, uh, he runs out there, he's got his gun, he's going to fucking blast him and save the girl. And what happens? That's basically what happens. <laughs> okay, that's it. We're done. <laughs> I'll see what he go into more detail. There's a couple of things I wanted to note. First, uh, so he goes into the villa. Um, he knows which room they're in. He knocks on the door and he's about to shoot whoever opens the door because he's not good in a fight, as he himself acknowledges. Yeah. Um, but 
instead of Lasalle, it's Anne. So he can't shoot her. He, <laughs> It'd be great he if shoots he... the... It'd be great It'd be if funny he shot if he her. shot it, yeah. Instead, he shoots... <laughs> that would make, make this book worth it. Instead, he he veers his aim at the last second and shoots into the ground and drops his gun or something. Mm. Um, was there with a silencer. Michael Crichton does not understand how a silencer works for all his research into the terminology of uh, weaponry mm. because he uh, says at a couple of points here that the silencer makes absolutely no sound, which is not correct at all. Which is not even accurate to what how uh, fucking how Sal explains it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a point at which he where he shoots it and he keeps missing car, of course, or the book would be over at this point. Um, but mm. it whooshes past his ear, and that's the only sound he hears is the air moving. He doesn't hear anything from the gun. Mm. So bad research, Mr. Crichton. Yeah, bad writing. Uh, so they have a little bit of a shootout, uh, which ends when what Lasalle's gonna fucking kill him. He's got the drop on him, so he's got the gun on him, right? He's about to fucking blow him away. He's in a tight spot. What what should happen? But Lasalle's gun is out of bullets, and then uh, Car's like, "Ah, I'm gonna fucking get him." But uh, what happens next? But his gun is also out of bullets. No. <laughs> So a uh, car like hucks it out, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, and then Lasalle whips out his, uh, you know, his signature weapon, the scalpel, and uh, goes after him. There's a bit of a fight. Car gets cut. Lasalle keeps talking about the fact that he's going to disembowel him and make him eat his organs or something. Yeah. Um, then it ends with Car initially trying to take him out by hurling a chair at him. Um, but he dodges that, and the chair flies through the window behind Lissau, breaking the glass. Yeah. And then he eventually lunges at Lissau, and Lissau loses his balance and falls out the window. And uh, his neck breaks in the fall, and he dies. Mm. And then the police arrive. The end. Yeah, well, not quite, but the end of this chapter. The end of this chapter. All right, goodbye, everybody. We'll see you One next week for our, thrilling... for our very special concluding episode our, of this series. Our thrilling conclusion. Uh, on Friday. Australian time. I guess Thursday. In other parts of the world. Oh.